Hello and welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by MergerMarket and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who has been covering M&A for a decade. Now, you may have noticed that AI has exploded in the past year, especially generative AI and chat GTP. But how are competition regulators keeping up with this incredibly fast-moving trend? And are any of them likely to step in anytime soon? I'm joined by Jacob Parry, who is the Chief Regulatory Correspondent, and Luke Decline, who is Head of Analytics for EMEA, who are both based in Brussels. Hi, Luke. Hi, Jacob. Thanks very much for joining me. Hi, Julia. Thanks for having us. Hi, Juliana. So can we start by looking at the landscape for M&A and deal activity in AI, which is one of the hottest sectors or subsectors in the world in the past year? So I think AI has become one of the, the big, buzzy uh, investment topics um, over the course of the, the past two years. Uh, we've seen a massive wave of investment into basically anything that is branded uh, as, as being a, an AI company. Um, there's been a subset of big deals that uh, have, where there's been a bit of an AI angle. So we can maybe think of Microsoft's acquisition of, of Nuance. Um, which was a sort of healthcare transcription communications company, or a smaller deal like Amazon's acquisition of Snackable AI and audio content uh, search engine. However, there's been a bigger wave of not necessarily takeovers, but of maybe what we can think of as partnerships. The most significant one was Microsoft's investment into OpenAI, which we still don't have full disclosure or details in terms of what that investment is and, and, and uh, whether or not it can be considered a merger. I think we'll get a bit into this uh, later in the conversation or the investments that companies like Google and Amazon have made into Anthropic. It's another big, um, another big hot set of uh, investments where there's a question over whether or not this is, these are situations that are starting to look like uh, mergers. Great. Thank you. And it, it might be a rather obvious question, but why are regulators in the US, the EU and the UK so concerned about AI? I think for the competition regulators, that the main concern they have is the creation of market power by a few uh, big firms. Uh, and these are the same firms that already hold a lot of market power, the big tech companies like Microsoft, uh, Google and Amazon. Um, and they're worried that in these developing markets uh, of uh, AI, um, there's a kind of a tipping effect, which means that all the power will end up with just those companies and um, lead, ruling out competition by any other smaller um, businesses. I think there's also a big question, not just about sort of uh, who owns ChatGPT, who owns uh, um, uh, Anthropic or, or Stability AI. It's also a question of the infrastructure that underpins uh, AI. So if you look at the hardware, it's often a, uh, almost every firm is relying on chips developed by in, uh, or chip designs developed by NVIDIA. If you look at who has the cloud computing power, it's effectively Amazon, Google, and Microsoft. Uh, if you 
look at who has the data sets, there's really only a few firms that uh, have enough data to really be able to power and develop these models. And then finally, if you look who has the financial resources, the pool gets even smaller. So I think those are some of the other questions that are animating why regulators are so interested in this topic. Great. Thank you. We'll look now in a bit more detail what the different regulators and the competition authorities are are doing and what specifically they're interested in. So starting off with Europe and the European competition authorities, of which there are several, the EC and then we've got the UK regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority, but also the French and German national regulators. Can you talk about the reasons that the European regulators are, are interested, please? I think we can add to that as well uh, the Portuguese, in case in case you were curious. So it, it's uh, over here in Europe. I mean, it's 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 really been the hottest topic, and every agency is trying to find a way into it. Uh, the first to really move was the uh, the CMA in the UK. Uh, they announced last year that they were going to look at uh, Microsoft's op- investment into OpenAI as a potential merger situation, following some of the uh, quite dramatic uh, boardroom developments that happened there, uh, and they're trying to figure out what Microsoft's role is. That was followed by the European Commission's announcement that it was going to try to figure out whether uh, specifically Microsoft's investment in OpenAI could be a merger under EU merger control rules, but also they're looking at a wide variety of issues and something that's a little bit like a market study that will be continuing on until at least March. Then you have the national regulators, that this sort of the the, uh, the third layer. So we have the French Competition Authority; they've been seriously looking into this topic. We have the German Competition Authority; they've been seriously looking into this topic. In fact, they were probably one of the first globally to to really take a close look at Microsoft's investment in OpenAI. Of course, this happened all before. Actually, just I think it was two days before the. Uh, the uh, boardroom drama that happened uh, at at at, uh, at OpenAI. So, and when you go to conferences, this is the big topic. Uh, you'll see, uh, I think, at least a panel at every big convene of of competition authorities discuss AI and where AI is headed. So. They're using every tool in the toolkit to try to wrap their heads around it. And I guess for them, it's they've got to find people internally or recruit them who have got an expertise in this area. Yes, so that's what uh, a lot of the larger competition authorities like the European Commission, like the CMA, and then the Germans and the French have been doing is setting up these kind of data and tech teams where they don't really hire lawyers or economists, the traditional employees uh, of these uh, organizations, but also software developers um, and people that really know how these AI foundational models might work, um, how a cloud computing setup might work um, so they can really understand themselves what uh, the issues could be. Great, thank you. And then looking to the US, can you talk through what the regulator there is doing, please? Uh, yes. So in the US, there are two competition regulators. You have the Federal Trade Commission or the FTC, uh, which also looks at consumer protection and data privacy. And you have the Department of Justice, which um, works a bit more on the, the enforcement side of things. They are a law enforcement agency. 
Uh, and the FTC uh, in late January announced that it opened a sort of market inquiry um, specifically into these uh, the partnerships. Uh, so the partnership of Microsoft with OpenAI and uh, of Google and Amazon with Anthropic. Uh, and they ordered these companies to send over a bunch of documents and information about how these partnerships work uh, and what is kind of all implied uh, in, in these partnerships. And the head of the FTC, Lina Khan, at a recent conference explained that they are taking a holistic look at the whole AI stack. So this is what Jacob referred to, uh, from the chips to the cloud computing, to the data, uh, to, to the software and the, and the platforms where you can access the software, um, to understand how it works and where there might be so-called choke points um, due to competition problems or perhaps other problems. Um, so it's interesting to see where that will go. And at the same time, the, the Justice Department, um, the, the enforcers have several open investigations into uh, the AI industry, but it's not really clear what it is, but it's, it is clear that they are taking action. And you just mentioned the choke points. Could you elaborate a bit more on that? What, what could those be? Uh, yes, as we understood from uh, what Ms. Khan said, um, this could be something like privileged access for the, the, the big tech companies that have the partnerships. Um, so that would exclude other parties that might want to access uh, the AI tools. When it comes to, I mean, take, for example, Microsoft's relationship with, with OpenAI. I mean, we've seen civil society groups be, been asking, does Microsoft have exclusive rights to, uh, to OpenAI? OpenAI's IP, um, at what cost are they being given access to cloud computing resources? What is the relationship between Azure and OpenAI? So I think there is, once you pull up the hood, there is a lot to sort of understand about the, these commercial relationships. I think especially, and we can get a bit into this because there's so little public information about what's been disclosed or in terms of what's been disclosed about Microsoft's relationship with OpenAI. We know that there's two rounds of investment and now there's a non-voting board seat, but the terms of those investments, even the scale of those investments, a lot remains quite murky. And are the competition regulators, are they using this as an opportunity to kind of lift the lid on, on that situation and, and investigate it properly? Well, they've effectively got a reason to. Definitely, definitely. Although I, that I think begs the question, will and can they act? So if we go back to the events of, uh, like specifically we take Microsoft OpenAI, go back to the events of, of November, 2023. We know that there have been these two rounds of investment into, uh, at least two rounds of investment into OpenAI by Microsoft. We have Sam Altman, who was, who was then leading OpenAI leave after a fight with his other board members. At one point, there were media reports that him and a bunch of, I think, almost the majority of staff were willing to join Microsoft uh, um, uh, wholesale. At some point, Microsoft intervened. Uh, the outcome of that was a rearrangement of the board and a non-voting board seat. That board seat uh, well, I think we, we've heard in several, uh, I think even comments from, from Commissioner Margaret de Vestager uh, uh, here in Brussels, that non-voting board seat is at least one area that's of, that's of interest to the agencies. 
And I'm sure some of the questions that I relayed earlier, sort of the arrangements, uh, uh, what are the terms of investment, all those will come up. Now, where it gets a little bit murkier is where you can act. I mean, this is not a traditional merger. We're, we're not talking about traditional control here. And there's, um, insofar as we've been sort of speaking to to lawyers who are also looking at the EU merger regulation, looking at the rules in the UK and trying to figure out if there's a merger, there seems to be the opinion that the test that we have here in Europe, decisive influence, might be difficult for the European Commission to approve. Again, it's not a voting seat, uh, um, so that's going to be an issue. Whereas in the UK, the threshold is material influence. That might lower the bar a bit and make it a little bit easier for the CMA to intervene if it chooses to. That said, this is a very unusual set of events. We have seen the CMA look at minority shareholdings before. Uh, we Amazon Deliveroo was a very interesting case that uh, might have some lessons for how things will turn out here. But this is really something that we're going to just have to, to watch and, watch and uh, observe in, in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, and it, it feels slightly like deja vu talking to you again about Microsoft and the CMA because we talked about it a lot over the past two years, 18 months because of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. This is really turning out to be uh, round two. I, I don't, Microsoft globally, I think, has done a, a fairly good job over the past decade in keeping itself low on the, the, the radar of regulators. Uh, if you compare it to a Meta or Google or, or even Amazon, with these two big mergers, Activision and then whatever we're going to consider OpenAI to be, I think clearly this is going to be the, the year where uh, Microsoft continues to be in the hot seat. Okay. And one a final question for you both. What, what are the key things that we should be looking out for in relation to this over the coming months? I think the, the first thing to look out for is whether the, the agencies will actually open a merger investigation into uh, this uh, Microsoft OpenAI partnership. And a bit broader speaking, um, to see where they come up with any problems along the supply chain as part of these broader market inquiries. And if they will then take any action and order these companies um, to, to do certain things or prohibit them from doing certain other things. And I really think we're going to be watching here in Europe what happens uh, um, in Brussels, what happens in London. But I really think that what, watching what happens in the U.S., I think that is going to be probably key to how the landscape shapes up. Uh, and at the same time, products are still being rolled out. This is a if you look how uh, how fast things have changed since uh, Chapter GPT four was released last year. The market does not stop for the regulators, so it's going to be interesting to see when and when they intervene and how and or if and how different the market looks when they do. Yeah, and it certainly feels like they're going to be really scrambling to catch up. That's an understatement, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I think we might be talking about this again in the not too distant future. Luke and Jacob, thank you very much. That was Jacob Parry and Luke Decline. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast from Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please follow it. And if you're listening through Apple, please rate and review the show. And if you want to find out more about what we've been talking about, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week.